Hi, I'm Danielle Radoichin. Welcome to My Big Idea, the weekly podcast from ASOS in which we speak to young women running their own business. In this episode, I'm talking to Lucy Moore. Lucy is the director of Claire de Rouen, the London-based specialist fashion and photography bookshop. I sat down with her in her shop and asked her about what it's like taking over the reins at a business which is already up and running. Also, if you've been wondering about how to go about building your own collection of fashion photography books, then she's got some great tips for you. Here's Lucy's big idea. Hi Lucy. Hello. Thanks for joining us on My Big Idea. So we're here at your shop, Claire de Rune, on Charing Cross Road in London. Um, the shop's closed this morning, right? It's closed until midday, yep. David Bailey called Claire de Rune, quote, maybe the best photography bookshop in the world, unquote. What, to your mind, makes it so special? It's funny that you mention that quote because Bailey is always laughing about it, saying he didn't really say it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he probably did at some point. Um, do you think he's right? I I don't. It might be <laughs> one of the best, let's say, in a group of, of wonderful bookshops all over the world. But um, it does have this sort of very unique place, certainly in London. Yeah, it does. It's 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 quite there aren't so many independent specialist bookshops in London anyway. There are only a handful. And Claire de Rouen is the only one that specializes in photography and fashion specifically and uh increasingly now also in the interplay of art, fashion and photography, uh which has been a kind of current um cultural manifestation I guess so I think what makes it special what has always made it special uh, has been the presence of books here that you can't get anywhere else or that come in early so Claire was famous for being able to get books that had just come out before anyone else and she started book dealing before the internet had been invented and so back in the 90s uh, people would race to her her bookshop which was down she ran the department at Svema's bookshop which is just down the road or was sorry just down the road on Charing Cross Road um, until it closed in the mid 2000s um, so yeah people would rush down there to get things that you couldn't get anywhere else in London and that's still the case really although of course now we've got online shopping um, there are often things that I have here that no one else has and that might be because um, that only a few copies were made and I've been given them direct from the photographer or the designer or the art director who's made the book or it might be that I've got something that you can find somewhere else but I've got it signed by the photographer or artist um, and also sometimes I have exclusive Claire de Rouen publications like I might have... Um, I have a partnership with Pop Magazine where I always get an exclusive cover for Claire de Rouen and it's the only place in the world where you can get it. So I think, I guess those are the things that make it special. Also, a it's, it's very much a space where um, dialogue happens and we talk about what's new and different. There are often different, like lots of different types of people in the bookshop talking to each other about their work, what they're doing, what they're interested in. And sometimes, you know, one person might bump into someone else they know, which is kind of wonderful, I think, in this tiny space. 
So the shop was opened by Claire de Rouen in 2005. Before Claire sadly passed away in 2012, she handed the reins over to you. Um, can you tell me a bit about your relationship? So I met Claire as the consequence of a conversation that I had with a boyfriend um, at the time who was called Ned. And I was telling him how I dreamed of one day having a bookshop. And he said, oh, you should meet Claire because she has her own bookshop, which is completely amazing and you'll love her. So I said, OK. And a few weeks later, we arranged to have drinks with her one evening. And I remember Ned calling me up in, after he'd left for work that day saying, oh, make sure you put on your Pierre Hardy shoes because Claire will love them. And I thought that's a bit weird for someone that you know runs a bookshop why does she care about my shoes but of course when I met her I realized that she was one of the most glamorous women I'd ever met and she did love my shoes um I secretly also bought a pair of shoes that I saw her wearing one day that I realized were from office and then <laughs> what I, were they like they were just great kind of Egyptian style sandals um and I, I then met her one day when I was wearing them and she said, oh, we have the same shoes. <laughs> and I was too shy to tell oh. her that I'd copied her. But um, so, so that's how we met. So it's sort of towards the end of her life, I suppose. Um, but we became, yeah, good friends and I loved coming here. What was she like? She was very glamorous, very silent a lot of the time. She definitely had a mysterious energy. She could often find a book in the shop that was immediately made sense to who you were and what you were interested in. So she would often... So, for example, when I told her I was moving to Australia, she just reached over from and picked up a book on Bondi fashion and <laughs> gave it to me. And I still have that book and um, I, love, I love it. Why did she nominate you as her successor? It was a little bit of a mystery in a way to me because we never discussed it um, openly. But I did find out after she died that she, she told her family that, that she wanted me to, to look after it. Um, I think that we shared, or we do, I think that I share with Claire um, a kind of certain attitude towards what we do so Claire was very singular in her approach and quite uncompromising and if she loved something she would champion it and if she didn't she wouldn't so she never really bowed to the pressures of broader kind of mainstream opinion and what that meant was that of course she recognized the great photographers and designers and loved what they did but she would also find people who were maybe much younger say studying at St Martin's which used to be down the on the same road on Trancross Road um, who were making books or making photographs that she really loved and she would have exhibitions of their work um, along the staircase to the bookshop which was called the Exit Gallery and um, or she would stock their book or do signings and for me that also is really important to kind of um, love the greats um, but also champion new talent and so I think that we shared that um, definitely. We're also um, kind of idiosyncratic, both of us. So I, I was, I've never really run the business in a kind of conventional way. Um, occasionally I've been known to just close the shop because I, 
have a meeting that I desperately want to go to or and put a sign on the door or uh, you know one Christmas there was someone that bought something and they couldn't make it to pick up the book and so I left it in another shop on this street for them to collect at a later date and I just said look if you can't pay for it just don't worry about it like if it's tricky but here's a PayPal link um, <laughs> and I know that Claire was also quite you know she was she had most of the information in her head about the bookshop and um, she just kind of operated like almost like it was her home really yeah. it was quite a domestic feeling space and it still is and so I maybe she instinctively kind of knew that um, that I would um, enjoy doing it and um, honour her legacy So what's it like stepping into a business that's already up and running? It was daunting in, in, in the sense that I needed to learn very quickly the way the business worked from a very kind of logistical aspect so I had to figure out how to order books how to pay invoices I had to set up a bank account a new one because you know because I bought the business um I had to understand quickly sort of profit margins and how to respond to customers when they wanted something that I maybe didn't have or how to um, suggest books that they'd like. So, so you're sort of learning on the, yeah, through do- actually doing it. I learned very much on the job, that part. Um, the part that was a little less, actually less daunting than I think many people imagine was kind of continuing her legacy because I definitely felt that she was so singular that it would have been impossible to emulate her emulate Claire and so instead what I decided was that I definitely wanted to make it my own and to champion the things I loved and to celebrate the people I loved and to enjoy it I remember really clearly that one of the things she said when I was thinking about working part-time for her was oh it's going to be really fun and um so yeah they but it was really the business aspect that was quite quite a challenge who taught you the things that you didn't know how to do i was very lucky in that ryan Moole, who is a wonderful welsh photographer had been working for claire for about a year before she died and he stayed on and worked with me and he taught me a lot so my employee actually taught me <laughs> a lot <laughs> of the of the, um, the ropes of Claire Duron. Um I also had advice from people who already ran businesses um, and I talked to customers a lot and listened to what they were interested in and what they thought about um, contemporary publishing and the, um, the books they thought were worth having. Um, but then really I think I've learned mostly from following my interests and um, and from pursuing the people who are making the things that I think are really important. What do you think would have happened to the shop if you hadn't stepped in? Was there I anyone else who was interested in taking no, it over? No, there wasn't. So it probably would have closed, which I think would have been very sad um, because it's a really important cultural space uh, and as well as having a kind of amazing history and legacy, it also is very much um, a kind of important progressive space now. So I, do, I think it would be would have been terrible if it had closed. But yeah, I think I was the only one wild enough to mm-hmm. say yes to it. Um, and your background's in art. I know you um, 
studied art history and then um, you went to Chelsea College. Um, did you have any inkling that this was the sort of thing you'd be going into? No, I didn't. When I was making art, I was very happy making it and wanted to continue. Uh, I think that one thing, along with a kind of in-depth knowledge of art history and contemporary culture, I think one thing that I have brought to Claire de Ruan has been a kind of a real interest in um, the format of um, creative work. And so as, a, as an artist, I made paintings and was very involved in the language of painting itself. And equally here, I'm really interested in um, the magazine as a platform and the book as a platform. So that, that's often how I see the connection between those two things. And what's a typical working day like for you? Well, Is there such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's extremely varied. It can be... Um, it's Yeah, it's often quite crazy. I, I tend to do really wonderful, interesting things, um, like talking to you, for example. <laughs> or What time um, do you get here normally? So I often get here around 10 or 11 before the shop opens at noon. And I... I also love the way that you have to go and get the keys from the sex shop next door. Is that... <laughs> do they normally look after things for you? They... If someone... If I have a, a friend or someone looking after the shop for me, like I did yesterday, because I had to go to see William Eggleston, who was signing books in Mayfair, then the person looking after the shop leaves them at the sex shop for me in the evening and I collect them in the morning. And so it feels like it's a bit of a community because there's an art gallery in this, in this building also. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think, I think that Soho is, has such a kind of a long history of certain kind of businesses that have just been here for so long and um, it's always been avant-garde and unusual mm. and um, uh, unconventional. So will you get here and open up and what time does the shop open? It opens at 12, which seems quite late in a way, but Soho just doesn't really wake up until 12. And um, I, yeah, so an average day might involve, you know, going to see William Eggleston, um, having a meeting with, uh, I don't know, going to collect some books from Simone Rocha, um, writing, sometimes, very, very rarely, but occasionally, selling books to Benicia del Toro, what? which is <laughs> one of my favourite things. Is he a, when um, you say selling books to Benicia del Toro, do you mean that he's a regular customer? He's a very knowledgeable book collector. Does he come in? Yeah, or? yeah, he does. Um, so those are the more glamorous, What kind of books things. does he like? <laughs> He, last time he came in, I showed him some books by Lithuanian photographers who I've been really interested in recently because a lot of the people born just after the collapse of um, the USSR are now kind of at the age where they're making work and I think it's really great and so he, he loved those books. And then he also loves all of the kind of um, celebrated photo books, the kind of canon of photo books from the 20th century. He's got very good, very good taste. Good for Benicio. I'm impressed. <laughs> um, and do you, who looks after the store while you are going out on all your meetings with people like William Eggleston? Do you hire any staff? I have um, one wonderful 
younger member of staff who helps me with um, organising the bookshop, keeping it looking beautiful and doing the bookkeeping. Um, and she's a great photographer and she just graduated from college here in London and we're selling her book that she produced as part of her degree show and it's almost sold out. What's it called? It's called... Ooh, good. Good question. I think London to Anglesey, something mm. similar. It's about, it's about the route from the old Roman route from London to Wales. Um, and then I, at the moment, I'm working quite intensely in, in the bookshop. I don't leave it too much right now. Um, but when I do, I have um, people who do like mini residencies for the day. So um, Alice Neal, who's a wonderful photographer, fashion photographer. Um, Paula Amy, who also is a, a young fashion photographer. Um, I've just invited Lou Stoppard to come and do it. Um, and what does that mean? So it means that they'll come, they come in for a day and look after the shop, but they also invite their friends to come in and look at books and magazines. And also we kind of, I, through social media, celebrate what they're doing. So I might say, Lou Stoppard's in today. Next week she's publishing her book on 10 great designers. That kind of thing. And how does that help the business? I think it's, it kind of expresses um, what the community is, what the kind of life and culture of the bookshop is and who um who's kind of in my world because those are the they're the women that I love and respect and and think are doing wonderful things um so you've been running the business now for um over four years how yeah. have things evolved since you've been in charge I think there was a transitional mom moment or actually kind of two or so years where it was very important to um, honour what Claire had done and what her taste was and to get to know all of her clients who'd been coming to see her for 20 years or so um, and now now that's kind of in a way that tr transition through to what I want to do and what I'm interested in has, has happened so it's now much more um, it's much more kind of full reflection of my interests and what I feel is important culturally at the moment um, I do a lot more social media than Claire did. I use uh, digital record keeping, which is something that Claire didn't do. So she kept all these incredible notebooks, and she kept a lot of information. What programs in her head. do you use for that? What, you mean for databases? Mm. I, I use Excel, which is awful. It's very, it's very actually very old fashioned. Um, it's very basic here at the moment. Um, we have. We also have our online shop. So as part of that, there's software that has our. So you launched the online on shop. Did it have a website when you joined? It did. Yeah, there was a website, and there was an online shop, also. But I thought it was disastrous, and I didn't like <laughs> the way it looked. So I closed it quite quite soon after. I bought the shop, and then um, that the summer that I took on the directorship, I launched a new website. And last August, I launched the online shop. So actually, I didn't do that for about three years. Do you run the website yourself? Do you run the online shop yourself? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I feel it's very important to kind of... Uh, to keep a kind of consistent voice in terms of the language that we use to, to write about books and um, the things that I might recognise as important about a 
particular publication and so to and so for that reason I kind of I do all of the online copy and I do the social media copy as well I use Instagram mainly and Twitter and Facebook a little bit and I send out a newsletter by email as well so you launched all of those things yeah um and what were were there any challenges that you found or yeah I think in a sense um keeping keeping it regular you know doing it often um I'm quite I don't I'm quite resistant to routine and and kind of um standard yeah, rhythms why you couldn't answer the what's your average day question I yeah. saw what you were like I don't have that um so yeah so I think just the idea of say doing Instagram at 9am and at lunchtime and at kind of 5 or 6pm which I know is a really good idea actually I, I I'm often maybe in bed at 9am or maybe I'm having lunch with someone at lunchtime um but I'm I'm better at that now I mean one I think with Instagram particularly I really I love it and one of the things I do is along with the book I'll normally photograph a, a little bit of me and my clothes and I'll because it's fashion and photography and art the bookshop I often say you know this is the new book by Sterling Ruby and you can also see and just seen as my new skirt by Simone Russia and I quite like keeping it fun like mm. that and you also came up with the concept of new rare recently um, which is this idea that you can tell as soon as something is published that it's going to be become really iconic can yeah. you tell me a bit about that yeah I think I One of the things I love about books, and particularly magazines, which I feel are really important actually right now, um, is that they're quite, they're democratic, they're affordable, and they are important cultural documents. And I think particularly at the moment they are. So as we've kind of become aware of all the special qualities of of printed matter because um, because we're increasingly familiar with digital space and what that can do, I think that books and magazines are more and more valued for for what they particularly can do and um because of that i think it's possible to 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 buy things which are not already kind of in the canon so like they don't cost two thousand pounds and they're not super super rare um they're new and they will be rare one day so that's why i call it new rare and it's just the idea that you can build a collection really easily and following your own taste that's another thing I think is really important I don't really like to dictate too much to people what they should buy Mm. um and um it has more of an element of discovery to I think than just buying the things that everyone else thinks are great because you're stuck here you've got a real range of stuff um ranging in price so I've seen stuff that's here for a fiver and then obviously the price goes right up to stuff that is really rare yeah. Um, for people who might want to start their own fashion photography collection, yeah, where's a, what's a, where's a good place to start? Well, I think there are some there are some classics which are great to have, which aren't necessarily um, very expensive. So, for example, there's a book called Polaroids by on Guy Bourdin. It's Guy Bourdin's Polaroids, published in France, and that's um, still in print, so it's still available for not very much I think it's like 20 pounds and it's gorgeous it has a kind of padded silver lurex cover um and obviously Guy Bourdin um transformed fashion advertising really in the, from the 70s onwards um 
Then maybe something like Diana Vreeland's Inventive Paris Clothes, which is a book that she made with Irving Penn. Thinking about designers and how they're often making really incredible publications now. Um, last year, Simone Rocha did a free um, large format loose leaf book that she produced when she opened her store on Mount Street. And something like that is, you know, it's... It's free and you can just go and get it, but it was a limited print run. So now it's like even a year later, it's it's certainly would be more valuable. Um, and but that's kind of really emblematic of the kind of pleasure of being able to get something that you know is going to be important, but you don't have to spend loads of money. Um, Grace Wells Bonner has also been making some really incredible zines um, published by Ditto Press. Uh, she's done two of those now and. They originally cost about 10 or 15 pounds, but now they're out of print. So things like that are really great. And you, you have to, if you keep up to date via social media with what's going on, then you can always get those things when they come out. What are the best accounts or hashtags on social media to look out for? <laughs> I use New Rare quite often for something that I New think... New Rare, the hashtag, yeah. on Instagram is that? Yeah, yeah. Um, also, the hashtag... <laughs> The hashtag photobook jousting is a kind of slightly more nerdy photographer's hashtag that um, indicates discussion of photobooks. But it's really good because you can see really like the whole world of photobook publishing quite at, at kind of at, a, at an instant. Um, what else? What about any new zines that are out there right now there's a photographer called Dan Bolton who's one of my customers he's just made a really great zine um, called Don't Worry Baby Everything is Gonna Be Okay and <laughs> it's about <laughs> I think it's about, it's about £14 and they're beautiful portraits of um, a kind of young male and uh, just a series of beautiful portraits and I'm including that in my edit for my new Selfridges space which opens next week so that's a really nice one just talking, going back to the customer that you have here I know we talked about Benicio stopping <laughs> <Yeah>. in um, <laughs> and you you know I see you work a lot here on the atmosphere, There's a, it's got a really it's a really great space, It's got it's got the beautiful wallpaper, the books are obviously beautiful and you've got a vinyl you've got a record player in the corner um, what kind of customer are you trying to attract? I really love students. I really love fashion students and photography students um, because I I learn from them and I love talking about what they're interested in and I don't really mind if they don't buy anything or if they just spend £5, it's fine. <laughs> um, I just really enjoy talking to them about what they're doing. Uh, I also work with lots of industry people, so fashion designers, art directors, fashion photographers. Um, so I, I help them with their research. Um, and then sometimes uh, I might... We have, like, a little writing section, um, which is just interesting um, art theory or crit cultural criticism, but also novels. So I kind of break the rules a little bit, and I have novels by Chris Krauss, who's one of my favourite writers... I also love finding presents for people and I have some beautiful bespoke wrapping paper that I commissioned uh, from an artist called Christian Flam. And a new thing that I've been doing, I've done two now, is wedding lists. I think people don't really need, you know, a whole set of saucepans anymore when they get married and the idea of building a book collection together um, 
is something that people really love and often the guests love it too um so i i do a list and then all the books are bought and then i wrap them all up individually and they and with paper and ribbons and copper tape and then they get delivered in a kind of big bounty of treasure so you do that yourself um, yeah i do in the shop <laughs> <laughs> i really love packaging and um gift wrapping and finally what are your plans for the business in the future I'm about to open a space at Selfridges next week um, as part of their new space called Designer Studio. Is that temporary or full-time? It's, it's permanent, so, yeah, it'll be an ongoing um, curation of, of the most important things that I have here. Um, so that's very exciting. And um, I'm also working on uh, setting up a new publishing company which will be uh, aimed towards publishing all the incredible sort of bodies of work that I've seen over the last few years that haven't, you know, been published for whatever reason. But there are so many amazing things, even by some of the really, really great photographers that um, that just haven't really been published yet. So I want to do that. That's great. Thanks so much for talking to us. Thank you very much. That was Lucy Moore of Claire de Rouen. I'm Danielle Radoichin. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Don't forget, you can download previous episodes of My Big Idea on your favourite podcast app. Bye-bye. I have a secret. I wore the wrong foundation for years. Then I discovered Il Maquillage, the boldest new brand in beauty. With 20,000 five-star reviews and 50 shades of flawless coverage, their Woke Up Like This foundation is a bestseller for a reason. It's tough buying foundation online, but their Power Match quiz matched me perfectly. And with Try Before You Buy, you can try your shade free for 14 days. Take the quiz at ilmakiage.com slash quiz. That's I-L-M-A-K-I-A-G-E dot com slash quiz.